0: So my friend Lubna, she has a lot of wild dating stories. Like this one guy from a while back. He and I were friends and we were kind of dating, but not really. They'd casually hang out. And eventually, she started noticing something strange.
1: Everywhere we went, I paid for everything. Mm. And the weird thing was, is he would, right before the check would come, he would get up and leave and wait for me in the car (laughs) without even saying that he was going to do that. At first,
0: she thought, Okay, he's probably just taking a call or whatever, because he's a busy person.
1: But it kept on happening time after time. Every time he would go to the movies, he never had his wallet. What? And, but he always had his ID to get drinks, but he never had his card to pay. It was like the most bizarre thing. Like, it just felt really shitty.
0: Lubna actually gave him the benefit of the doubt. She didn't think he was necessarily trying to be a mooch. She just thought he might be broke. I think he just really
1: didn't know how to say it without being embarrassed. But yeah. he still wanted to, like, hang out. Did you ever confront him about it? I, one day I was like, hey, can you get this? Like, I don't. And he's like, no, I don't have my wallet. I'll, And I was like, OK, I literally saw your wallet. But I would never asked questions, but I also never talked to him ever again.
0: <laughs> yeah, she just wasn't feeling it. And not just because of the money thing, even though that's definitely how she remembers him. I'm Rima Khreis, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. So, Lubna's a story. Sure, it's kind of trivial, but I think it gets at how we make assumptions about people all the time based on their spending habits. Because really, the way we spend money, or don't, it projects a certain version of who we are to the world. And today, we have two short stories about that. First, what happens when you know too much— About how someone spends their money. Relationships, before they get all big and complicated,
2: they start small with a crush. I mean, I think it was the kind of thing where I would say to somebody, like, my roommate's kind of cute. And they'd be like, no, (laughs) stop that (laughs) thing. What is wrong with you? That is the (laughs) dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, okay. Rebecca Fishbein
0: was 26 when she did something reckless, she fell for her roommate. As a lifelong New Yorker, Rebecca's home life always seemed to be on the brink of disaster. She'd had bed bugs. her last apartment had caught fire, and now there was the crush. Rebecca had recently moved into a new apartment with a good friend and this guy, who we'll call the roommate. And she says he was super cute, tall, with dark hair, and a runner's build.
2: We had a really fun apartment. It was a little bit like being in college again. So we would hang out, we'd watch movies, we'd watch television.
0: And on a practical level, they
2: just worked well together. They were on top of their bills and used Venmo to settle up. We had a spreadsheet and we would be like, I bought paper towels, put it in the spreadsheet and the amount of money that we spent on it.
0: Their lives were pretty intertwined. They'd binge the Kardashians and hang at the bar across the street. They even all pitched in for a Spotify family plan. And even though she knew he was off-limits, Rebecca couldn't shake the crush. And, well, they were both guilty of flirting.
2: So, at some point, like maybe a year into us living together, he and I kind of started up a very ill-advised fling. Yeah. They slept together. And I was like, this is a bad idea, but just continued to to do it anyway, you know, so. (laughs) During the day, they'd
0: act totally normal, splitting bills, hanging out. And then at night, she had this exciting
2: routine. Once their
0: other roommate went to bed, she'd sneak over to his room.
2: Yes, that was 90% of the fun of it, was keeping it from my other roommate.
0: And even though it was pretty much a booty call, like a really convenient one, Rebecca caught feelings fast.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard not to uh, when you're around somebody all the time. So it felt like y'all were in a relationship. I mean, not really, because we did not communicate about uh, what was happening. I I wasn't sure what I wanted to say, and I was going to let it run its course.
0: Yeah, they never had that whole, what are we and what do we actually want out of this conversation? But then, six months into their fling, things started turning— The roommate went home to his parents for a week and Rebecca didn't hear from him the entire time, which she thought was weird. And then when he got back, things still felt off. And that's when Rebecca basically became like a low-key detective, trying to put together any clues she could find. Like she noticed these comments on his Instagram from a woman he'd once gone on a few dates with. All of a sudden he wasn't at the apartment as much and he'd always be on his phone smirking at texts that were definitely not from her. Was there a moment that sort of confirmed that he was seeing this other person?
2: Uh yeah, it was actually through Venmo that I that I figured it out. The same woman from those Instagram comments
0: had Venmo'd the roommate for movie tickets.
2: I was like, "Okay, they're they're dating."
0: So wait, how did that yeah. feel like in that moment when you saw the Venmo transaction?
2: Didn't feel good. Didn't love it. Um, You know, I mean, it's like you do want evidence, but you don't want unexpected
0: evidence. And instead of collecting that evidence and confronting him, she just stopped talking to him and would stay holed up in her room. She even blocked him on Facebook and Instagram. But the one place she could not block him was Venmo. She still had to pay him for rent and bills and Spotify. And it was on Venmo where his new relationship was constantly on display.
2: I would open my phone to just do a normal Venmo and there would be like 20 interactions between them. I mean, then Venmo just became like their entire relationship. They Venmoed a lot.
0: The roommate and his new girlfriend, they had this super cutesy, over the top Venmo style. It wasn't like, you know, just a dollar sign or a beer emoji. You could look at their payments and pretty much map
2: out the entire day they had together. Okay, so there was one where they Venmo'd like seven times in one day. So it was all the wine. Uh, A few minutes later, more wine. Few (laughs) minutes later, and more wine. And And then another Venmo, it's been a day, wine. Wow. Like, I don't understand.
0: Plus, there were these detailed, repeated requests for groceries, bourbon, and breakfasts. Eventually, the roommate moved out. But he was still unavoidable. Anytime Rebecca opened Venmo, she'd get another update about his life.
2: I was just like, this is insane. Like, right. I shouldn't know all of this information, and I don't want to. And then I felt, like, gross for for knowing it. You know, like, it, it. I didn't want to, like, be a part of their lives. Even though Venmo
0: is a mobile payment app, it's also definitely social media. So spending money and being in a relationship have become this... Big social performance. And it's a performance Rebecca was subjected to as the roommate fell in love. She quietly watched their payments go from wine and movie tickets to moving in together and joint groceries to splitting a Christmas gift for his parents. I mean, if you're gonna be honest with yourself, was there like a part of you that maybe secretly wanted to see the Venmo updates to see what was going on with him?
2: I mean, eventually, I, I, like, went into his page a few times just to see what was going on because once you, like, know that you can find out this information, you I think natural curiosity would, like, direct me to it. How long are you, like, seeing these transactions go on for? I think it went on for, like, over a year. Oh, wow. Um, I, I actually, at some point, I didn't see them anymore, and I, like, w- looked, and he had said it to private.
0: It's been a couple years now since Rebecca and the roommate lived together,
2: but they're still in touch. Kind of. I had to pay him for Spotify. Oh. Every four to five months, Venmo request, Spotify money. You know, for their
0: Spotify family plan, it's still going. Rebecca pays her share whenever she gets
2: the request. He sent it on Valentine's Day this year. Um, That I did notice. I was like, really? (laughs) On Valentine's Day? Great. (laughs) Classy.
0: So we actually asked the roommate about everything, and he says all that Venmo stuff, those quips and emojis, they were supposed to just be for his girlfriend. He said he didn't think anyone else was lurking or checking it out. But that's kind of the whole social part of social media. Now, even spending your money can turn into a public performance, whether you want it to be or not. Rebecca Fishbein is the author of an upcoming book of personal essays called Good Things Happen to People You Hate. Coming up after the break, one couple tries showing their love for each other in a way neither of them actually loves. When Mandy Kuhi and Zach Amon first started dating, it was a long-distance relationship. Mandy was in Dallas, and Zach lived a couple hours away in Oklahoma. And because both of them had such crazy schedules, they had to get creative.
1: I remember being in the airport, and I would put the phone up, like, in front of me at, like, a cheesecake factory Cute. in a Chicago airport. And then Zach would be eating his dinner, and it was a date, but we were literally thousands of miles apart.
3: The Dave Chappelle modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah,
1: literally like Zach would be like sitting in a like in a sugar holder at a restaurant and the waiter would come by and he'd be like, "Can I get you guys anything?" And I was like, "You don't have to pretend like there's another person at the table. Sorry, it's literally just me." If Mandy and Zach were TV
0: characters, they'd probably be Luke and Lorelai from Gilmore Girls. They even dressed up as them one year for Halloween. Zach like Luke is kind of a no-nonsense guy.
3: I am a man of few words, and it's mm-hmm. like, I I say just enough to, like, get the point across, and there's yeah. no need for any of the extra.
0: And Mandy is definitely a little extra. She's got strong Lorelai vibes, super chatty and confident. Anyway, about three months into their relationship, Valentine's Day rolled around, their first one, and Zach really wanted to impress her.
1: The year is 2016. <laughs> I roll up to Zach's place. I'm wearing black leggings and a T-shirt. And I walk in and we're like, happy Valentine's Day weekend. We haven't seen each other Mm -hmm. in like five days. You know, we're young and and in love and Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful. (laughs) And so he's like, hey, come sit down. I bought you like a Valentine's Day present. I'd like to give it to you like before we start our weekend. So
0: she sat down on the couch and Zach handed her a gift.
1: So I really love elephants and he had bought me this really cute elephant necklace. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I was so stoked. I was like, put some thought into this? This is so sweet. I'm so excited to wear this. Can't wait. I was like, thank you. Start to get up to like give him a hug. And he's like, no way, I have more. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then he brings this like package and I unwrap it and it's these like six glass hmm. roses, which was truly beautiful. But I was like, This is like a lie? Like what's happening? So I was like, oh my god, this is really beautiful. Thank you so much. She got ready to get up and Zach was like, wait, there's more. Open this one. And it's this, like, really cute Michael Kors jacket, and oh I love Michael Kors. I was, like, 22, and, like, I was, like, obsessed with Michael. It was, like, really endearing, but, like, simultaneously mad uncomfortable, but I can't tell him. Especially because in Zach's mind,
0: he was like, yep, nailed it.
3: It was like a, ha-ha, all right.
1: Yeah, no. I just didn't think it was necessary. It just felt like too much. But it's too early in the relationship for her to share that.
0: So she just smiled, hugged him, and went on with the rest of their night. Then, a few months later, it's Zach's 25th birthday, and Mandy came up with a plan.
1: Because, like, he had done that, he kind of, to me, set precedent mm-hmm. of, this is how I show that I care about you. So I am like, okay, maybe his thing is multiple gifts. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to also buy him multiple gifts. So it was his 25th birthday. So I'm not joking. I bought 25 (gasps) presents.
0: She got him a pair of Ray-Bans, a superhero movie DVD, a new tie for work, some socks, his favorite soda, a gift certificate to his favorite restaurant. Also, she hand painted this bucket using the colors of his favorite sports team.
1: And then I put a little sign that said, I like you almost as much as you like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Cute. She wrapped up all the gifts, went over to his apartment while he was at work, and laid them all out. And then... He, like, comes in from work and he just is like, hi. I'm like, I bought you 25 presents because you bought me so many. And literally he just stands there and he's like, what? That's was so
3: uncomfortable. <laughs> he was super
1: uncomfortable. I had no idea. So I was like, oh, maybe, like, it wasn't enough. Maybe I should have bought 100 presents.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. Zach actually hates getting gifts. But he didn't tell Mandy that. He just smiled and gave her a big hug. How much money do you think you spent?
1: If I had to put money on it, I would probably say like
3: $400. I think mine was close, it was probably 3 three fifty, maybe.
0: Oh wow. Without even realizing it, Mandy and Zach had created what felt like a gift arms race in an attempt to express their love. After 10 months of long distance, Mandy and Zach took a huge step in their relationship. They moved to DC together. Mandy was starting grad school and Zach took a job with an insurance company. And like a lot of couples who move in together, it was an adjustment.
3: We had been um, arguing a lot. Um, yeah, well don't
1: make us sound like crazy.
3: Well no, we weren't like a normal
1: amount, but no, like a it lot. wasn't crazy, it
3: was just <laughs> it was it was a lot because we were learning how to live with each other. Yeah.
1: Then one day,
0: Mandy was at the apartment scrolling through Facebook when she saw this link that piqued her interest. It was a quiz to help find your love language. So Mandy started taking the quiz, and she texts Zach telling him he should take it, too, so they can laugh about it later. This quiz, it tells you which of the five love languages you prefer. Words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, gifts, or acts of service. Just to give you all a taste of what it's like, in our interview, I pulled up the quiz and posed some of the questions to Mandy and Zach. I like to sit close to friends and loved ones, or I like it when someone tells me they love and care about me.
1: (gasps) They love and care about me!
3: (laughs) I think sit close.
0: I like it when people compliment how I look, or I like when people show genuine interest in what I say.
1: Ooh, compliment what I look like. Uh, I'm here for that.
3: Genuine interest. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Okay, are literally it.
1: so different? it's unreal.
0: right. So if it's not already obvious, Mandy and Zach's results did not match up that night after they took the quiz. They sat on the couch and started comparing them, and a lot of it was stuff they already knew. But then there was one result that was a surprise to both of them.
3: Oh, wait, oh, you don't like gifts? Okay, I don't like gifts either.
0: Neither of them cared about gifts as a form of expressing their love. Like, it was the lowest
1: ranked thing in both of their results.
3: The one that we thought was each other's was low on both of of our lists.
1: So neither of us liked gifts, but at the beginning we were both trying to get each other gifts.
0: so funny. So wait, the last thing y'all cared about was gifts. Literally.
1: And, like, nobody liked getting the gifts. Nobody liked receiving (laughs) the gifts. The gifts were just made everybody uncomfortable, but everybody was buying everybody presents.
0: It was like this simultaneous moment of relief, but also confusion. So let's back up here for a minute. How did this even happen? Really, the whole gift-giving extravaganza was instigated by Zach. And thinking back on Valentine's Day, he says he was just doing what he thought Mandy wanted.
3: I knew that she was from a much better off family than I was. So I felt that that's probably what she expected.
0: Zach grew up in a blue-collar household, and Mandy came from a wealthy family that immigrated to the States from Iran.
1: When we moved here, my mom worked really hard to make sure we were well-off, and that I never looked like an outsider in any capacity, like with my clothes and things like that. Zach remembers
0: being taken aback the first time he visited her family in Dallas. Their home was in this pristine neighborhood with long driveways and big backyards, Meanwhile, he had spent a good chunk of his childhood living in a double-wide trailer in a very small town in Oklahoma. Was there a part of you even if it was just like a small voice that was like uh like what if she doesn't like me? Like, you know, can I fit into this world? Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: I was already kind of self-conscious about where I was from and how that reflected on mm-hmm. me. Um is like, "Oh, he's from this small, rural, poor town. He's probably poor too." And it's like, "Nope. Not really." I mean, kind of, but I still have money to like do nice mm-hmm. things, so you don't have to worry about that.
0: So that's why on Valentine's Day, he went all out. Was that stressful?
3: Oh, very much so. Like I'm pretty sure I picked up and put down the Michael Kors jacket <laughs> at least four times. Cause it's like, I know she's really going to like this, but I just can't afford it. And then mm. I would do, take another lap around the store, and then I would go back to the jacket and pick it up, and then stand and look at it for like five minutes and then put it back down. I can't afford this.
0: Honestly, that sounds like how I shop. But anyway, Zach says with these gifts, he was hoping this was the message that came across to Mandy.
3: Hey, even though I don't have a lot of money, I'm willing to spend it on you.
0: Mm, so you felt like you were showing your affection through like buying things, essentially?
3: Right, yeah. And, I don't know, probably... Uh, unhealthy stereotypes just in about dating in general is like <laughs> the man should shower the, the woman in gifts mm. um, to show his affection.
0: But yeah, all of that just made Mandy uncomfortable. I mean, Zach wasn't totally off the mark. She definitely grew up in a family where giving thoughtful and sometimes expensive gifts was the norm. But she says she didn't expect that from her partner. I
1: felt really guilty that Zach had to work so hard to purchase these things for me. Like, I didn't think that he needed to purchase all of these things to show me that he cared about me and that he was looking forward to dating me. And on the flip side, even though
0: Zach was convinced he needed to prove his love with an outrageous amount of gifts, he absolutely did not want to be on the receiving end from Mandy.
3: Receiving a gift almost feels like a debt. And it's like, oh, okay. well, now I owe you one. Anytime you're given money, it's expected to be repaid, usually with interest. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what interest do I pay on this gift? Like, what <laughs> gift can I give you yeah. that's this gift plus interest? I don't, I don't know.
0: So that silly little love languages quiz, it ended up leading to a major conversation between Zach and Mandy about what gifts mean to them and why they're so stressful. And so they came up with a plan.
3: So we've been like, okay... We're going to get one gift or two gifts, and there's a spending limit on how much you can spend per gift.
1: For example, it's our, it's, I don't know, Christmas. So how much money do we want to spend on a gift, like $50? Or are we looking for the, like, $50 to $75 range?
3: We take the the anxiety out of that.
1: So then instead of just buying, you know, some socks or some earrings or whatever, like, Zach bought us tickets to go to an NBA game and we went and it was so much fun and we spent time together and it was pretty low key.
0: Yeah, so these days it's more about experiences they can have together and less about using money and gifts to express
1: their love. I think our relationship with money has changed in that we're both willing to compromise and just communicate about it.
0: Because before, when they weren't communicating about it, they were just buying gifts to project versions of themselves they thought the other person wanted. It makes sense to want to take care of the people we love, whether it's financially or emotionally. But when we do that without understanding what they really need, well, that can lead to a lot of miscommunication. And for Zach and Mandy, a closet full of glass roses, superhero DVDs, and a Michael Kors jacket. All right. That's all for this week's show. If you have any thoughts or want to hit us up, you can reach me at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. This is Uncomfortable is produced by me, Rima Reis, Haley Hirschman, and Peter Balanon-Rosen. Megan Dietry is our senior producer. Drew Jostad is our audio engineer. Editing by Sarah Kramer. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Muna Danish is our intern. Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. And Deborah Clark is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Marketplace. And our theme music is I Wonderly. All right, catch y'all next week. She got him a pair of Ray Bans, a superhero movie DVD, a new tie for work, some socks, his favorite soda, a gift certificate. She got him a lot of things, okay?